0: Hello and welcome to the Nessun Patriots Podcast. I'm Doug Kye, joined as always by Zach Cox. Zach, how are we doing today? Not too bad, Doug. I'm
1: wearing a shirt with a collar on it for the first time oh, in about bad. three and a half weeks. I don't know. It's, I, I was, I've been wearing a t-shirt all day and I thought I would class it up a little bit for, the, uh, wow. for our audio podcast here. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I am not wearing a shirt with a collar on <laughs> it. Right um, but I am wearing jeans, which is, I guess, like a controversial thing to do during I'm- quarantine.
1: I'm also wearing gym shorts, so it. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: we go. That's perfect. Then we have the same level of class on this podcast. Then, um, yeah. So, pretty busy week as far as the the Patriots esque things are concerned. Uh, Tom Brady appeared on the Howard Stern show on Wednesday morning, a two hour interview. I was not really sure what to expect out of that whole interview uh, between Brady and Stern, but. I, it probably exceeded my expectations with everything that Brady was willing to open up about.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You could you could tell early in the first kind of 10, 15 minutes, it was very slow, and not just because of the uh, Wi-Fi issues that Brady was having at, uh, at Derek Jeter's house. It was, I mean, obviously... It was
0: painfully Stern, slow.
1: <laughs> it was painfully slow. <laughs> Howard Stern is, is a legend of the game, obviously, and we were able to see why later in that interview, but it was a very kind of it was a very sort of puff piecey kind of thing at first and i'm like oh man i i this sounds like a waste of time i don't even know why we're <laughs> listening to this right now but as you mentioned it went on for more than 2 hours he brady went really in depth into a lot of stuff that he's either just kind of glossed over in the past or hasn't even discussed at all um, and we're basically going to spend this entire podcast talking about what tom brady talked about during this during uh this interview because it was the most open that I've seen Brady probably ever, if at the very least in a very long time, because Brady's the kind of guy that he is so good with the media and so experienced with just kind of the game that he's never gonna tell you something that he doesn't want you to hear. You you never get the sense that he's at he's at the the podium in a press conference and he's like caught off guard. That very rarely happens. He knows exactly what he wants to portray. And you saw a tiny bit of that, a tiny bit of guardedness in, in that Brady inter- interview at times. But overall, he was far more of an open book than than we've ever seen him. And both of us have spent a lot of time around Tom Brady in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was. You know, I've been covering the team since 2013. I've been in the media basically since like 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. And this was definitely the best interview that I've seen during that time. Obviously, I wasn't paying as close of attention to interviews with Tom Brady before that point. But, yeah, it was, it was probably the best interview that I can remember Tom Brady having. And, and just so everyone knows, we will probably touch on some other things uh, after we discuss the Brady interview with Stern. Some other things that I want to talk about are some, some rumors of a Rob Gronkowski trade. Uh, some, cool. uh, I want to get into some wide receiver draft talk and then also whether or not we actually think that the NFL draft will happen on time. But let's start out, obviously, as we are doing right now, talking about this Tom Brady interview with uh, Howard Stern. And actually, my biggest takeaway from the interview was Tom Brady's comments, or lack thereof, on Bill Belichick. Uh, Howard Stern was really pressing and digging very hard to try to get some dirt on Bill Belichick in this interview, and even said it before the interview began that, all right, I want to find out, you know, what really happened between Tom Brady and the Patriots, what really happened between Brady and Belichick. And, And he kept coming back to this subject with Tom Brady. And at one point when Stern was really digging in, I thought that Brady almost came out on the defensive backing Bill Belichick. So let's actually listen to that quote from Tom Brady right now, about Bill Belichick's loyalty.
2: I think he has a lot of loyalty and I think he and I have had a lot of conversations that nobody has ever been privy to and nor should they be that so many wrong assumptions were made about our relationship or about how he felt about me. I know genuinely how he feels about me. So I thought that just Tom Brady's tone on
0: that, obviously it was a very friendly interview between Howard Stern and Tom Brady. I wouldn't say that you know Tom Brady was combative at all, but it really felt to me like he was standing up for Bill Belichick and saying, Bill Belichick's a loyal guy. I like Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick likes me. And that this break, this divorce, didn't necessarily have anything to do with their relationship more than it was about one side wanting to get younger at the quarterback position and one side maybe trying to find something different in his NFL career.
1: Yeah, I think you saw a little bit of that um, in the question about the, the Brady versus Bill Belichick, who deserves more credit for the Patriots' success type thing. And I think it was in the same line of questioning. Um, but he called it a – there was a lot of Brady curse words in this in this <laughs> yeah. podcast that or this interview that we are not allowed to drop here. But he said it was basically a, a crappy argument um, and then went on to explain why that he never would have been the type of player he was without Bill Belichick and vice versa as well. But the fact that he came out and, and just sort of backed Bill Belichick the way that he did. And, and later on, I believe it was the very next question uh, Stern asked if there was any resentment toward Belichick over the way this entire thing went down. And Brady said, Absolutely not. Like, did it happened the way it happened, yada, yada, yada. And Obviously, there's there's, there's a chance that Brady could just be kind of playing some things close to the vest still as well. But just as you listen to him, you got a sense of just kind of honesty from Tom Brady in this interview that even if he wasn't revealing every detail of, of their relationship, uh, because I don't think everything was perfect between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick no. over the last 20 years, but it seems like there is a, a genuine level of kind of admiration and respect there and it seems to me like I agree with you like they are they do seem to be on a a reasonably good page right now and just both of them are fine with kind of splitting this relationship and and going in two different directions
0: yeah and I mean I think that right after Tom Brady left the Patriots right after he announced that he was leaving there and then after it came out that he was joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there was basically blame being thrown around okay it was You know, Robert Kraft came out and said, well, Brady could have come back if he wanted to come back. So he was kind of throwing the blame on Brady a little bit. And then some some reporters and some analysts were kind of throwing the blame on Bill Belichick, saying that there was never really an offer made, that, you know, they didn't reach out enough to Tom Brady. I don't know. I mean, to me, maybe I'm just being optimistic about this whole thing, but it still feels like it was basically a, a mutual decision for Tom Brady to leave the Buccaneers. And that's one of the other takeaways that, that I gathered from that interview with Howard Stern is that Tom Brady said that he doesn't care about legacy. And for him to stick around the Patriots, I think that legacy would have had to be in mind, that he wanted to spend his entire career with one team, not be in a different uniform, all of those things. And for the Patriots, it seems like they probably only wanted to go year to year with Tom Brady. So. If this had not been a mutual decision, if it had been one side rather than the other, then I feel like someone would have broken. Either Tom Brady would have said like, all right, fine, I'll take a one-year deal. Or the Patriots, if it was on Tom Brady, would have offered him you know, more than $50 million, whatever it was that the, that the Buccaneers were willing to offer. It felt like both sides were just like, eh, let's just end it here. And maybe Robert Kraft didn't feel that way. But... I don't know, in kind of reading the tea leaves of what Brady had to say and how the Patriots acted about all of this, it did feel like it was kind of a more of a mutual split than anything else.
1: Definitely. And I think one of the other um, kind of revelations, I guess if you could call it that, from this, was that Brady said he was pretty confident last year, before last season, right. that he was going to leave the Patriots. He said he didn't make his final, final decision until the night before he ended up calling um, – calling Robert or going over to Robert Kraft's house and, and calling up Bill Belichick and letting them know. But he said he he probably knew before the twenty nineteen season began that it would be his last season in New England. It was that that was after the kind of the contract situation where he, he wanted an extension and ended up just getting a, a bit of a raise with those those voidable years and set it up so he could become a free agent uh, after the 2019 season. And I think that I know some, uh, some other people have, have written about this and talked about this as well. But to me, that explains a lot of his open frustration over the course of the season. If he's saying, this is probably going to be my last year here, and I'm surrounded by these guys who just can't play up to my level or can't get on my level for whatever reason, and this team is just not where I want it to be, it makes sense. I mean, I think Tom Brady deserves some blame for that as well, but it it makes sense that why you would see Tom Brady after a win that pushed the team to nine and one comes out in in is, is as sulky as we've ever seen him at the podium and basically just complete doom and gloom for that entire time. Saying this team's still pretty good. The offense is a little a little wonky, but there's they're still a solid team. And you see that Brady was Was If if he did know at the time that that he was probably going to leave, he probably knew that that team as as constructed was not a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And I I think that had to be a a little bit tough for him to swallow.
0: Related to that, uh, one of the other big takeaways from the interview with Stern was that Brady essentially revealed what he would say to Bill Belichick when one of his wide receivers was underperforming. So, Let's go to that clip from the the Howard Stern Show on series XM.
2: I would say, you know, I don't, I don't have any trust that this guy can, you know, help us, you know, win the game. I mean, I can definitely express my opinion to say, if you put him out there, I'm not going to throw him the ball because I don't, right. you know, the whole team is trusting me to, to, to do what's right by the team. So you can't put someone out there that I don't believe in because if I don't believe in him, then it's worthless for the team. And then I think, fortunately for me, Coach Belichick always saw it the same way as me. So, yeah, I mean,
0: I think that we've all sort of assumed that this is what Tom Brady would say to Bill Belichick when a young receiver or a new receiver was underperforming, that I can't trust this guy, and if he's on the field, I'm not going to throw him the ball. Um, I saw a lot of criticism from Patriots fans and some from national pundits over Tom Brady's stance on this, but Brady said that, Bill Belichick essentially agreed. So I don't know if that's always the case. I can imagine that if, you know, Bill Belichick had just used a first round pick or a second round pick on a wide receiver and Brady's saying to him, hey, I'm not going to throw this guy. I can't imagine that Bill Belichick would be very pleased by that. But they do want what's best for the team, obviously. And if a guy either isn't catching the ball or isn't in the right place, then yeah, you probably don't want that guy on the field. And Tom Brady probably wouldn't want to throw that guy the ball. I'm curious to see how young wide receivers perform now that Tom Brady is no longer on the team, because Jared Sidham might have some more patience with those young wide receivers, just like Tom Brady did early in his Patriots career. Um, David Givens and and uh, Deion Branch both were drafted when Tom Brady was still young, and they were two drafted receivers who actually you know performed right away for the Patriots. Basically, every wide receiver since then has not. So I'm curious to see how that changes with Jared Sittum, but seems like Tom Brady and the Patriots really did just hit, seem to have short leashes with all these wide receivers, which bears out with how you see how those young wide receivers perform.
1: Yeah, I was really glad to hear Tom Brady actually admit this in this <laughs> podcast because that was something – and another, there was another point that goes along the same thing that we'll mention in a little bit. But that was something that everybody assumed was happening over the course of the last, whatever, 15 years since he kind of got to a status where he could sort of dictate – how the how the receivers had to play but he has never really openly addressed it and Bill Belichick has never really openly addressed it and I, i'd be interested to hear what those conversations were actually like and and who which of the players fall into that category yeah. i mean you can probably assume that the the chad jacksons and the the aaron dobson's and some other players are are in there but it would be interesting to hear and see like what exactly brady's criteria was for who can become his guy and who is not his guy because we've seen some guys become his guy and then fall off that radar like a Philip Dorsett last year it's where where he draws that line uh, would be very interesting to actually actually see but it it was kind of refreshing to to hear Brady just kind of openly admit that yeah if a guy's not on my level I'm not going to throw him the ball I've got plenty of other options elsewhere so he's he's out of luck
0: yeah I mean there there was a lot of you know, second and third round picks, the Patriots took a wide receiver who never panned out. A lot of veterans as well. So um, it's also a question of when those conversations were taking place as well. Was it, you know, in season? Was it during the preseason? Was it in training camp? Because I'm like, Joey Galloway, was he one of those guys? Uh, Chad Ochocinco might've been one of those guys, even though he kept getting snaps in the Patriots offense in 2011. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was nice to actually hear him say that because I don't think that he ever would have said that on, in a press conference or yeah. in WEEI or, or any sort of setting where he was actually still on the Patriots. Uh, one final thing, you referenced it earlier, but let's actually listen to what Tom Brady had to say about the, the Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick debate on who deserves more credit for the Patriots' success.
2: Again, I can't do his job and he can't do mine. Right. So the fact that you could say, would I be successful without him the same level of success. I don't believe I would have been, but I feel the same in and in, in vice versa as well. The, the, to have him allowed me to be the best I could be. So I'm grateful for that. And I very much believe that he feels the same about me because we've expressed that to each other.
0: So that was once again from the Howard Stern Show on Sirius XM Radio. And this leads me to... Another topic, actually, one that Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Media, he's their draft analyst, and he's usually a very level-headed guy, but he said basically concurrently while the, the Tom Brady interview with Stern was going on, he said on the Dan Patrick show that if Tom Brady had played on the Baltimore Ravens, then he would have won 10 Super Bowls, which that's, it's one of the craziest takes I've ever heard because winning six Super Bowls in, what is it, 19 seasons is basically unheard of. No player has ever won six Super Bowls. So saying that he could have won 10 with another franchise that might have had more talent is almost kind of disrespectful to what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have done with the Patriots by winning six Super Bowls. And quite frankly, I don't, Agree with Daniel Jeremiah's premise on this. Anyway, it might sound like I'm being defensive and defending the Patriots here, but yes, the Ravens had a lot of talent with you know Ray Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Jonathan Ogden and you know they had Shannon Sharpe for a year and Todd Heap and Chris McAllister, all those guys that Daniel Jeremiah was saying. But the Ravens have also had, I think, four losing seasons since 2000. Now, uh, what, they've won two made, Super Bowls. They've won two Super Bowls. They missed the playoffs. I think eight. Times, six or eight times, something like that. And quite frankly, yeah, they had some really good players, one of the best middle linebackers in (laughs) NFL history, one of the best free safeties in NFL history, uh, one of the top left tackles. But I don't think that you can compare their depth to what the Patriots have had over those years. I listed it out in a call or in a piece that I wrote yesterday, where I mean, yeah, they the Ravens had three Hall of Famers. The Patriots have had numerous Pro Bowlers and all pros. And you look through the list where I mean, Dante Hightower and Devin McCordy and some of these guys are like 10th on the list of greatest Patriots in the Patriots dynasty. So I mean, personally, I disagree with this. But to return to the point from the Stern show, Tom Brady also had Bill Belichick. And that's part of the reason why he was able to win six Super Bowls. And Tom Brady even admitted that. He said that he would not have had as much success if he didn't have Bill Belichick. And Belichick probably wouldn't have had as much success without Tom Brady. So if you're taking Tom Brady out of that equation, or if you're, if you're taking Tom Brady and moving him to the Ravens and taking Belichick out of the equation and saying he could have won 10 Super Bowls just seems insane to me. And, it, it I mean, quite frankly, that probably sounds insane to Tom Brady too.
1: It's a pretty preposterous take. <laughs> and you, you named out a lot of the great players that the Ravens have had over the years, and they have had a lot of great players. They've had more great players than most NFL franchises. But who have they had – offensive weapon wise. They've had Ray Rice, they had Anquan right. Bolden, they had Derek Mason. Derek Mason. Uh, Todd Heap you mentioned. But who? who
0: literally one year. One <laughs> year, yeah.
1: I don't even count Shannon Sharp. That's right. the how many how many Ravens wide receivers from the last twenty years can you name? Oh my God. <laughs> There's not that many. <laughs> no. Guys that, that were legitimate kind of top tier NFL type guys. It's or deep even deep guys deep that were
0: compared years. to to who
1: to like a Dion Branch level Patriot? Right.
0: Day. Yeah, they had Steve Smith for a few years. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking way back to curious. like the Michael Jackson days. I I don't know. No, it's a good question. Yeah, I there's mean, not many. Yeah, and yeah, like you mentioned, I mean Ray Rice. They've had some decent running backs. They had Jamal Lewis, who was a 2,000 mm-hmm. yard rusher, um, and then they've had some some decent running backs in recent years too. But no, I mean it's it, that is the thing that everyone criticizes the Patriots over not having the offensive weapons for Tom Brady. But at the same time, they've had Rob Gronkowski, they've had Randy Moss, they've had Wes Welker, they've had Julian Edelman. And yeah, I mean, Derek Mason was a great wide receiver, but I mean, he's he's on par with a Edelman or Deion Branch. I, he doesn't reach the heights of a Rob Gronkowski or a Randy Moss or, or a Wes Welker for that matter.
1: Yeah, it's... It's a rough take. It, it's a, it, was a t- it was a take where I thought that it was a kind of tongue-in-cheek type thing because Daniel Jeremiah did used to work for the Baltimore Ravens before he went into media, but sounds like that's his, his real opinion and I mean I guess more power to him, but I uh, I, I don't think I agree with that one.
0: I, I thought it was funny too. Well, first of all, I thought that he was being taken out of context and I listened to it and I was like, oh no, that's really what he thinks. <laughs> Uh, one of the funnier parts about the quote, and I re- I like Daniel Jeremiah. I've never met the guy. Yeah, he's really good. But yeah. He's a really good draft analyst. Like I said, he's not usually a hot take artist like this. But it, one of the funnier things was he was like, yeah, put Tom Brady on another team. Let's take the Ravens for instance, because I worked for them. And then he like listed all the players that they had. I was like, could you have put him on another team and still made this argument? Because I'm not quite sure if that's the case. And I'm actually looking through. So this is... Ravens players assorted by approximate value. Derek Mason is first. Their next most valuable wide receiver in franchise history, according to approximate value, is Mark Clayton. (laughs) after that, it's Travis Taylor, Anquan Bolden, my aforementioned Michael Jackson, uh, Derek Alexander, Steve Smith, so, I mean, to your point, Mike Wallace is the next one after Steve Smith. Yeah. They have not had very good wide receivers throughout the years. So, I mean, if you're making the case that the Patriots haven't given Tom Brady enough help on offense, yeah, the, the Ravens would be in that exact same boat. Um, but, I mean, going back to the original quote that Brady had, I completely agree with him that you can't really separate Brady versus Belichick. And it, it's kind of a tired take and, and the hot topic debate that people have on on these shows of who deserves more credit between Brady and Belichick. And I suppose I understand why it's a popular topic, but it's one that I I don't honestly really even care about that much.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just my personality that I don't really have time for the the LeBron MJ arguments (laughs) or or the Brady, Brady Belichick. It's just, it's kind of stupid to me, honestly. And I think anybody that, that there are people who put it, who are very much on one side or the other, saying right. that Brady carried, Bel- carried Belichick to these championships and others who say, Brady, yeah, he's talented, but, like, if he was with anybody else, he would be a bum. Like, they're ridiculous arguments, I think. And it's, it's a boring take, but it is equally both of them. They, they both deserve pretty close to equal credit, in my mind, as unexciting as that is.
0: So let's get let's get past this Brady interview now. Wait, can I? T- I want to touch oh, on yeah. one more
1: point. One more For point sure. from this was the other big takeaway from this was him confirming the reason why he missed Patriots OTAs right. the last two years, which was another thing what what I alluded to earlier that everybody kind of suspected, and he has sort of he 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 would kind of vaguely mention family family obligations and whatnot when he was asked about this. But it was really interesting to. To me, to hear his him him kind of open up about his marriage, about basically he was like, yeah, my marriage was in a bad place. Right. He said Giselle wrote him a letter saying that she just was not happy with the setup that they had because he was devoting so much of his attention to, to football, and then as, uh, immediately after the season ended, he would shift it to TB12 stuff and other off-field interests, and she basically just thought that he wasn't – dedicating enough time to the family and Brady said that after that he basically just had a complete shift in mindset I guess and he said all right well I I value improving this familial situation more than I value getting these extra 15 practices in with the Patriots. Uh, I think having the extra practices with the Patriots would have helped especially this past year but some people are really coming at Brady and Giselle over this. And I have a hard time faulting a guy for being as open as he is about this saying, look, my marriage was in a bad place. And this was a move that I needed to do to save my marriage and my family. And guys were saying, oh, like, you should have just like, should have kept, kept going to Foxborough <laughs> or she can deal with it. Like, I mean, I, I honestly respect a, a guy making a, a move as big as this to kind of to save what he has at home.
0: For sure, and I mean, they made two Super Bowls since he started skipping OTAs. They won one of them. Obviously, last season didn't go as planned, and maybe his, you know, chemistry with Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers would have been better if he had been at OTAs. But in the grand scheme of things, I've always said this: there's like six OTAs practices. Yeah. If it if it's going to help his family, if it's going to help his marriage, to skip those six sessions or whatever it is, then in the long term, obviously, it's worth it for for his family and. And his mental health and everything like that. Um, we're going to wrap up soon here, so we might have to bump some of these topics to a future podcast. But while it's a hot topic right now, let's talk about the potential Rob Gronkowski trade that PFT Commenters Dog uh, put on Twitter. <laughs> which I mean, you have to discuss this tongue in cheek because it's a it's a dog. And I, I think it's it's also is PFT Commenters Dog blind?
1: Yes, I think so. Okay, so it's I a think it's a blind, blind, yeah, Leroy dogs. the blind dog. <laughs> This is the point we're at in the quarantined NFL offseason.
0: But it's also a fan, it's a fascinating topic of would the Patriots trade Rob Gronkowski to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And what could they get in return? And quite honestly, the Patriots should be trying to convince Rob Gronkowski to come out of retirement because anything that they would get in that trade would be free compensation. They're not planning on having Rob Gronkowski next season anyway. So if they could get Cameron Brait or OJ Howard or some sort of draft pick from the Buccaneers from Rob Gronkowski, they should absolutely do that. It's not gonna clear any cap space or anything, but anything that they get would be free. And I don't think it would be quite as much as some Patriots fans think the Patriots could get because they really have no leverage in this situation. If Rob Gronkowski only wants to come back to one team, the Patriots couldn't take on his salary right now anyway. So in that case, they would basically have to trade him. And in previous situations like this with Marshawn Lynch and with Rolando McLean, when a player has been traded while retired, all those teams have got is just pick swaps. But from the Bucks, the Patriots probably could get a pretty talented tight end because at that point, there would be no point in the Bucks having Cameron Brait, OJ Howard, and Rob Gronkowski. So if they could basically just get Cameron Brait or OJ Howard for free, absolutely do that I know I don't know if Gronk actually wants to come back or not but it's not a bad situation for the Patriots if that's the case
1: from the Patriots perspective this is a no-brainer I mean even if you can get like a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick for it then yeah might as well I mean Rob Gronkowski is just sitting on their reserved retired list and he's not going to play for the Patriots again and if you can get anything for him and he's not going to the Steelers or the Chiefs or something you might as well I mean right. I, I think I, I think it's an unlikely situation because I don't yeah. think Rob Gronkowski will actually want to put himself through the kind of rigors of of another NFL season but better
0: to play with Arians than Belichick better though. to play with Arians and Belichick probably
1: not going to be any OTAs or mini camp this offseason anyway so you you'd have another couple of months his body's got to be fully healed up after not playing football for a year and a half, or whatever it's been at this point, it makes a little bit of sense. It makes sense from Tom Brady's end to get even, even if you're getting a diminished version of the last Rob Gronkowski that we saw, which was already a diminished version of the previous Rob Gronkowski. He's still probably one of the best tight ends in the league. I was looking at his stats earlier. His in the 2018 season, which was probably the worst statistical season of his NFL career from an all-encompassing standpoint, he still had more receiving yards than OJ Howard or Cameron Braid has ever had in any of their seasons. That's crazy. And I mean, I, I don't think you can expect him to go out there and catch 15 touchdown passes, but if, if he's healthy and if he wants to play, and if he, if he feels like he can kind of put his body through that, I think it would make sense for the Patriots and the Bucks, honestly.
0: And I mean, honestly, he he's had a year off from football. He did a, like, very minimal wrestling at wrestlemania he hasn't put his body through the season for however many months it's been at this point I, I mean i don't think that you're getting what was it 2011 rob gronkowski was the best version of rob gronkowski but you might be getting a better version of gronk than you had in 2018 yeah. and you're you're probably getting a better player than cameron Brady or oj howard and the tom brady connection is a really important one because Tom Brady really doesn't know anyone on that Bucks offense. I'm sure he's going to try to get together uh, with with Chris Godwin and and those Bucks receivers, Mike Evans and O.J. Howard and Cameron Braden and everyone. But without an off-season workout period, uh, if if training camp is shortened, if preseason is shortened, then having someone who knows what Tom Brady wants would be extremely valuable in that Tampa Bay offense. So I mean, I'm all for it. I, I want all the all the rumors as possible right now even if they're coming from blind dogs of our barstool sports fictional characters then i don't know i quite and obviously it's it's funny that this is coming from a dog but not to break kayfabe but clearly this is things that pft commenter has heard he knows a lot of people in the nfl and, and that the dog has actually broken a couple of stories in, in the last month. I think he broke the Anthony Shar- Sherman signing with the Chiefs, yeah. and he did that last year as well. And I think he also broke the fact that NFL Network was going to be airing Red Zone too. So it's not as if this is, you know, some random – like it, information has come out of this dog before.
1: Yeah, the uh, the hit percentage of these reports is is pretty low, but yes. I do think it has increased uh, over over the last – I don't know, a couple weeks, couple months, according <laughs> to my my unscientific uh, research. But speaking of KFA, what did you think about the Rob Gronkowski WrestleMania? I thought it was lame as hell, but I also don't yeah. really like wrestling.
0: I, I thought it was lame. I mean, just the fact that they had to do it, they had to do WrestleMania without a crowd, which is super weird. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, Gronk, the football player, amazing football player. I've never been the, the biggest... Gronk the personality person so when I found out that he was going to be hosting Wrestlemania I like just sort of rolled my eyes about it and it, that's that's essentially how it went and he won the WWE 24-7 title which is something yeah, that I don't know what that is I like barely know what it is um, you can win it at any time as long as a ref is present so I'm not sure what they're going to do with that in the future with Gronk holding that title and quite honestly there's no point in having Gronk Perform like actually wrestle in a match until the pandemic is over, because half the fun of Gronk wrestling yeah, would be the crowd. the crowd reaction. It like him wrestling in front of no fans is is basically kind of pointless. So it, it you know even if Gronk does wrestle at some point, it might be quite a while before that actually happens. Yeah. All right. Well, I think let's let's kick those other topics I was talking about the the wide receiver um, prospects in the draft and whether the draft will happen on time into future shows. I think this is pretty good for this week's and Patriots podcast. Um, and we will definitely talk about the draft quite a bit more in upcoming episodes, uh, whether or not that's actually going to happen on time, which at this point looks like it will. Hopefully that will actually happen, but uh, keep it on ness.com for all of your Patriots coverage, draft coverage, Uh, Everything else that's happening in the sporting world, follow Zach on Twitter at Zach Oxnessen. And follow me on Twitter at Doug Kai. Thank you for tuning in, and we will be back next week.